Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is time once again for Blitz Boys here on the Jack Wagon Sports Network. Uh, we have our Pac-12 pre preview for you guys today. We're also going to go over the AP Top 25 poll that came out on Monday, uh, discuss some of that. Uh, so we've got a full show for you guys. We're excited to get into it. Um, we did Big Ten a few weeks ago. Slade is obviously a Penn State boy. Uh, he also likes Texas, and we covered them last week in the Big 12 preview. Uh, so make sure if you're looking for you know any of the conference previews that we've already done, they are on our page. Go check those out. Uh, but we got Pac-12 this week, SEC next week, and then we start with week zero of college football. Out of the tunnel, we'll be back for that. We're excited to bring that to you guys again this season. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in to this week's show. Uh, preseason top 25 came out. Not too different from the coaches' poll. We didn't really talk about that. I, didn't, I hate the coaches' poll. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I'm also not a fan of the AP top 25 poll, but that's what a lot of the rankings are based off of uh, with writers voting. Uh, so this is their top 25 for the preseason. Uh, Georgia, number one, Michigan, two, Ohio State, three, Alabama, four, LSU, five, USC, six, Penn State, seven, FSU, eight, Clemson, nine, and Washington, ten. Uh, I'll be here for 30 minutes going over the top, whole top 25. Um, Slade, give me your, your first impression of looking at the top 25 and, and just your, your thoughts overall. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess first impression is just, it, it looks a lot like last season, not a lot of changes, even though the transfer portal changes a lot in the off season, you know, um, I think that if you're the PAC 12 and the ACC, you have to look at this and think, wow, there's a lot of big 10 and SEC or sorry, yeah, the ACC, not the SEC. So there's, there, there's a lot of big 10 and a lot of SEC teams here just in the top 10. Um, and you have to think like, uh, USC and uh, Washington are going to have to play each other. They're both in the lower half of the top 10. One of them probably isn't making it into the, into the playoffs, you know? Um, yeah. Same thing with, with the ACC and sitting at eight and nine. I mean, I think that it's, you have to look at that and you have to think, look, there's, there's work to be done because these two conferences, if the seedings here look the same at the end of the season, it would be really hard when they have to play each other for this to, for their teams to, to even get a team in there, you know, into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the top 15, I'm okay with. I think you could change some of the positions of some of those teams. I I understand Georgia is obviously back-to-back -back national champions, and somebody needs to prove that they can beat them. I would personally have Michigan at one just because you know what that what team they're bringing back. Uh, they, have, they have a Heisman contender, Blake Corm, returning at running back, whereas Georgia has – a few more questions you know they lost some of their stars on defense they lost their quarterback again I, i'm not questioning their ability to reload and, and make another run at a, a three-peat this season uh, that that's just if i'm looking at teams and this is what you have to do for our preseason polls look at them on paper i think michigan will have a slighter edge but again i don't have a problem with them being two and georgia being one my, my problem with the, the the list is once you get past 15 um and, and not necessarily just 15 16 with kansas state there i'm okay uh, 17 with TCU, I understand that with the national title last year, it, it's not fair to drop them completely out of the top 25. I would not put them in my top I mean, if you lose like 20 of your 85 guys, I mean, it is right. kind of. <laughs> um, Oregon State at 18, I like. Wisconsin getting respect at 19, I'm okay with. Um, one thing I'm not okay with is Illinois not being in the top 25. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this during the Big Ten preview, how much talent they're bringing back. Uh, I, I, they are an established team in the Big Ten West. Uh, and they, they get no credit right now, um, I absolutely think they should be in the top 25. Uh, that would also make the Penn State game uh, in week two, a, I think that's week two, 
uh, a top 25 matchup. Um, my, my biggest issue with this list is Old Miss and Texas A&M both being inside the top 25. Old Miss, you can make an argument for. I mean, I understand Lane Kiffin reloads that team every year. But every year, once they get into the difficult part of their schedule, they seem to fall apart and they really struggle. Texas A&M, I, I can't understand why year after year we continue to hype this team up. And uh, this is going to be their Jimbo Fisher turns them around. And look at all the five stars he brings in. He brings in five stars every year. And then they go out and they lose to App State and they lose terrible games all the time because Jimbo Fisher is an overrated head coach that refuses to run anything but a 2014 system and doesn't understand why teams are, are passing him by and that he can't win. And I understand now he brings in Bobby Petrino and he's supposed to take over this offense, but he Jimbo Fisher will not commit to saying that Jim or Bobby Petrino is going to be calling his offense. He keeps saying they're going to share the duties. And I also, I don't think, that highly of Bobby Petrino as, as a as an offensive coach, but he's better than Jimbo Fisher. But he refuses to acknowledge that hey, you know, it's time for me to hand the offense over to somebody else. Uh, and I mean, we saw how bad that offense was last year. They missed the bowl game, and there to me, there is no clear cut difference on paper aside from hiring Bobby Petrino that makes me say, yeah, this is a top twenty five caliber team. I need to see them go out and play like a, like a top twenty five caliber team, and for me to that they have done nothing every year that we what i think last year they were in the top 10 um i i don't understand why we continue to give them the benefit of the doubt when jimbo goes out there and just essentially poops the bed and, and puts out terrible teams every year because but he's a hundred million dollar man yeah or 70 million um, I, I think illinois like i said illinois deserves to be rated i think south alabama or troy should have been ranked as well uh i i mean it's nice to see a group of five representative in tulane who, again, I think deserves to be higher after beating a, the number six team, right? We watched them play this the, the same number six team. I mean, yeah, they lost Jordan Addison and a couple other guys, but they they beat the number six team in the country. And you're telling me that bringing just about the same exact team back, they get put all the way down at, at 24th. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, again, the Sun Belt needs to have a representative in either USA or Troy. Uh, I, I think one of those teams absolutely deserves to be ranked. So my, my issue, again, is with the, the, the bottom of these rankings. Um, two teams that didn't deserve to be ranked, and there's there's two or three that did deserve to be ranked. Um, and, and so that's, that's what my issue is. But, again, it's it's the preseason poll. It, it'll take until the, the college football playoff poll comes out to even have some semblance of, of people who are serious about this. Um, but next week we're going to unveil our top 25 rankings. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm done ranting about, about the AP top 25 poll. We had issues with them so much last year that we created our own poll. Didn't go the greatest, but there's definitely things that we could have worked on. But we're gonna we're gonna have our own top twenty-five again this season. We're excited to debut that for you guys next week. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's let's move off of that. Let's get into our Pac-12 preview. Uh, have a lot to talk about here. Um, again, so we talked about last week conference realignment. It seems like the Pac-12 is is on its way out the door. Uh, there's four teams left. Nobody knows what's going to happen with these four teams. Well, there's no door for them to leave. Right. They're just um, in, a, in a room. They just yeah. can't find their way out. <laughs> um, so with essentially the Pac-12 dying, uh, especially with the, the staple teams leaving Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, et cetera, um, we want to talk about some of our favorite moments of the, the Pac-12 uh, from us watching. Uh, so I have four here. 
it's, it's Oregon heavy, but it's, I have four moments. Uh, Slay, before I go, do you have any of the moments that you want to share? I just wanted to give this stage to you and your moments. This is your conference, like we've already talked about, Pac-12. Um, I think that if I had to pick one, it would probably be a bad one for the Pac-12. It would be, you know, Vince Young, Texas against USC, walk-in touchdown the edge corner. Um, up to you. I- I don't think that's a bad one to mention just because of, uh, I think, for the, how much it did for the sport of college football. Um, yeah. But I will go over my moments here. Um, first up is number 16, Washington State. They upset number five, USC. This happened on September 29th, 2017. Slade, I don't know if you remember this day. This was my 21st birthday, and I re- it's one of my favorite moments because I vividly remember us doing the bar crawl through Gettysburg and me getting progressively – intoxicated mm-hmm. throughout the night but this game was playing on the tv and I, I i can't remember what the one bar was called it was like that basement bar and you me and connor just sat at a little round table and we watched this happen we watched washington state upset upset a top five team it was insane to watch just a, a fun memory of, of my 21st birthday in pac-12 college football um next up was oregon beating ucla in the first ever pac-12 championship game um I remember it was played on Friday night. It was played at Oregon Stadium before they started going to a neutral site uh, at San Francisco's field and then now Las Vegas. Um, my third memory is number 10, Oregon, beating number five, USC. Uh, this was October 31st of 2009, Halloween night. And I remember this because this is the game where I decided I was an Oregon fan. Uh, for those of you that don't know the story, I grew up in a, uh, a Notre Dame house, and so we hated USC. I've never enjoyed watching USC football except when they're losing. Um, and so I just happened to be watching Pac-12 After Dark one night, and it was you know a, a top-10 matchup. And I just fell in love with seeing Oregon's atmosphere on TV, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be an Oregon fan now. I was, uh, what, 13? No, I wasn't 13. Might have been 12 or 13. I don't know. It was around there. Um, but that, that's when I decided to become an Oregon fan, and uh, I've been heartbroken ever since. Um, and my fourth memory uh, is uh, Oregon and at Arizona State. Uh, this was October 29th, 2015. Uh, this was a triple overtime game. Uh, one of the most insane games I've ever watched on the East Coast. I think it ended at like 2 o'clock in the morning, um, and I was staying at our friend Connor's house. Uh, and he passed out, and I am trying to silently lay there in his bed and not wake him up as I'm freaking out because you know, Oregon had to come back to send it to overtime. They scored mm-hmm. seven seconds left, sent it to overtime, and then it was just back and forth for three overtimes until they finally won. Um, so those are my top four Pac-12 moments. Uh, honorable mention. You didn't mention the Valero Bowl. No, I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. Um, the the other one that I I, I didn't – remember or, or, or didn't want to remember until uh earlier uh was in 2008 when oregon state upset number one usc 27-21 uh one of the most shocking results ever uh and then the, the big thing to remember from that game is uh rogers going for 186 yards and two touchdowns and just cutting up that usc defense uh that was that's another fun memory um so let's go ahead. Let's move off the, 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 the past. Let's get to this season in the future. Um, do you think this is finally the season that USC can break through? They have this talented head coach. They have, they have all these transfers, this roster, the returning Heisman winner. Uh, it it kind of seems like 
this is Lincoln Riley's MO. You know, he he builds this great team, this great roster, but they can never get over the hump. He got Oklahoma to the playoff a few years, and they would get smoked by Alabama or Georgia or whoever. Is, is this finally the year that USC can break through? Can they even make the playoff? Can they make a run at the title? Or is it going to kind of be more of the same from him or from that team in Lincoln Riley? Uh, I, I think it's – I don't think there's going to be a breakthrough this year. I think that the Pac-12 as a whole is just in a horrible position this year and that they've got the contract negotiations. They've got teams ban- abandoning the conference. Basically, every one of the top teams plays each other between week seven and week 11, which is mm-hmm. just these teams are going to fly up the rankings. We already saw, I mean, there's, what, four or five of them in the top 20 to start the season, and they all play each other in a four-week period. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's going to be madness. I mean, USC Week 7 plays Notre Dame, who preseason ranks 13th. The week after, they play Utah, uh, which is 14th right now. Then they have kind of a easier week in Week 9. Week 10, they go against Utah, who's, or I mean, sorry, Washington, who's 10th. And then Week 11, they follow up against Oregon. And then they play their in-state rival UCLA to end the season. I mean, I think that it's it's going to be hard for them to come out of that 4-0, which is going to be necessary for them to break through the Pac-12 to get their uh, their conference winner to the uh, playoffs and everything. I think that I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they go two and two in these in those four weeks that I just mentioned. So I mean, I, I just find it. I mean, I think that obviously they have a great team coming back and everything, but their defense sucks. I mean, they're going out and putting up, I mean, it's Pac-12 as a whole. I mean, everyone goes out and puts 50 points up, but you have to make sure that the defense or the other team only scores 40 points that week. Like, it's just, I think that the defense is going to be a hinder for them and it's going to be in these big weeks, week week seven through 11. I mean, Utah is a stellar team. Uh, You're going to talk about them more later, but, uh, Oregon having Bo Nix come back. It's, I mean, it's similar. Bo Nix has already played in this offense. He's going to come back and get to play the same thing. Uh, USC has Caleb Williams coming back. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I, I think it's going to be really hard for them to break through and have a one loss season. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I 100% agree with you. And you just hit all the points I was going to talk about. Uh, I mean, they lose their two top offensive players with uh, Troy Dye. And I know he got hurt kind of towards the end. I think he got hurt. I want to say it was a Cal game, but he, he got hurt late on the season, misses the end of the, the year, uh, but they also lose uh, Jordan Addison, who we just talked about. So Caleb Williams is their top offensive player returning. And again, he's, he's a Heisman, you're defending Heisman winner, and obviously he, he brings a lot to the table. Uh, but like you said, they have that tough second-half schedule at Notre Dame, home against Utah and Washington, and then at Oregon, and then UCLA. Um, and then their defense, like you said, uh, they were – 112th in passing defense, 94th in scoring defense, 80th in rushing, uh, and 106th in total defense. I mean, that that's not uh, a defense that's going to get you into the playoffs and let alone do anything in the playoffs. Um, and so, uh, uh, I mean, you you brought it up, and we were going to talk about it here in a little bit, but uh, it is the, the Pac-12's uh, – it's always called the, the Cannibal Conference. Uh, you know, it, these teams just uh, – self self-destruct each other you know and, and it's cool because you know you, you get anything can happen games and, and you know it, colorado and especially this year you know they're gonna be much improved but you know colorado might be two and six and they're gonna go play say a usc or an oregon state or a, a team like that who's having such a good year has these expectations and they can upset them um we see it year in year out w- with the pac-12 um 
And so I don't think any a Pac-12 school makes the playoffs this year. Um, I mean, we just talked about USC. Washington's schedule, uh, they have uh, Oregon at home. They're at USC. They have Utah at home, and then they're at Oregon State. Uh, you look at Utah, they're at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington, and they have Oregon at home. Uh, Oregon State, uh, home against Utah, Washington, and they're at Oregon. Uh, and then, of course, you have Oregon, who's at Washington, at Utah, home against USC, at Arizona State, and home against Oregon State. The reason I put the Arizona State game on there, seems like whenever they're having a really good year, if they go to the state of Arizona, it, it just falls apart. Um, and I've seen that year in, year out. I As much as I hate to see the Pac-12 dissolve, I'm glad that we're not going to take road trips to Arizona in the, the middle of October or November and, and lose um, – but I mean, like you said, just just looking at that, I mean, you you're to kind of kind of give your synopsis. You don't think anybody makes the playoffs, but um, any more to expand on with that before we we look at? No, I mean, I just I think, like I said, I mean, they we see this with the Big Ten and that Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State all play each other within the last four or five weeks of the season, and and it's a little different because they can all go one and one against the teams and realistically have two teams have a chance to make it in because one of them is going to win the big 10 and the other one's only loss is to the big 10 winner. Basically it is how it usually pans out. It's much different. If these, if USC goes two and two against these teams, if Utah goes two and two against the group, if Oregon goes two and two against the group, I mean, when you're talking about these five teams and if each team goes two and two against the other four, I mean, you can't put any of those teams in the playoffs. It's just, it's just tough. Yeah. Uh, no, I 100% agree. Um, then the next thing we're going to talk about here is the the, the big transfer uh, across the board in the Pac-12 is DJ Uyunglele. I remembered how to say that. Uh, is transferring from Clemson over to Oregon State. When he came into the 2021 season, he had a lot of expectations thrust upon him. He was Trevor Lawrence's replacement. He looked, you know, pretty decent in his his few starts he got when Lawrence got hurt in 2020. Um, so expectations were put on him and put on him heavy. Kind of struggle in 2021. Everybody's like, it's just growing pains. And again, he gets put on the Heisman watch list for 2022. Has a, a, a terrible season last year in the, in the eyes of Clemson fans, and, and we were very harsh on him as well. Do you think he's going to be able to bounce back in the environment and a new change of, of surroundings in Oregon State, or do you, you expect it's going to be more of the same? Um. I think that he's going to have a much better season uh, this year than than this past season. And uh, I, I just think that's because of the way the Pac-12 is. I think that he's going to have similar results. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Um, he's he's going to have similar results to, to Bo Nix coming over to Oregon. I mean, I think that everyone wondered, is Bo Nix going to be able to do the same thing that he was able to do at Auburn? And I, I think that DJ's, got a great chance to do the same thing i think that oregon state has a, a pretty great team returning um they were able to kind of turn their defense around from 2021 i guess um and so I, I think that he's a great addition to the team the fact that nobody's really talking about like a qb playoff or anything like that i mean i think that you go in knowing you're going to be the quarterback and it's going to be a great situation for him so i think that he's able to rebound yeah, um, I I think his run game is, is and his dual threat ability with with his legs is going to be uh, more profound. I mean, Oregon State has one of the best offensive lines in the country. 
Uh, they were one of the best rushing teams in the country last year. Um, my, my concern with their offense is it can become too one-dimensional at times. I mean, I say that you look at the Oregon game last year, they ran the ball 30 consecutive plays and Oregon refused to stop it. They blew a three touchdown lead. Um, so, I mean, it can definitely work to their benefit, but there, there are definitely going to be games where they need to throw the ball around a little bit more. Um, so my question there is, is in his arm and not just his arm, but I feel like Oregon state doesn't have a strong wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where my concern with this, with this team would be. Um, and so I think, again, the rushing attack, and, and they're adding another element to that now, is, is they're going to have a running quarterback, a lot of zone reads. Uh, they're going to find ways to move the ball. Is it going to be enough if you, you have, say, they play USC? Or actually, I don't think they play USC this year. Um, but, uh, you know, if they play – Their top uh, games are Utah yeah, when, in week five, and then they play the last two weeks – or, or they play Washington at home, and then they play yeah. on the road against Oregon. So, so those would be the two games I'm looking at the most where mm-hmm. they they might need to bring a passing attack mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, because Michael Penix is, is going to be in Heisman conversation. They mm-hmm. like to throw the ball around. They're going to have a strong offense, and, and Oregon is the same way. Um, so those are going to be games where they need to have a, a counterattack through the air, uh, and that's that's where my, my concerns would in lie with, with DJ and then that team as well. Um so we, we, we looked at those. Let's go ahead and look at our picks for the Pac-12 this season. Uh, starting off, let's look at our most improved teams. Um, so, um, so who do you have as your most improved team across the Pac-12 this season? I'm going with Oregon State here. I mean, we just talked about it. I think that they return the majority of their team from last year. Uh, they have the new QB. They have a much improved uh, Martinez, I think is his name, was the running back. I mean, the team, like you had said, averaged 40 carries a game and led college football with that. Like you said, uh, even when they played Oregon and, I mean, they ran the ball 30 plays. And even if you're trying to stop it, somehow they were just unable to to figure it out. You know, um, like I said before, their defense, they really turned it around last year compared to the season before. And it seems like the defense is doing really good underneath that new coordinator forget what his name is but I think I wrote it down Trent Bray um but I mean I, I think that that coupled with the fact that they have I don't want to say easy but they have the the smoothest schedule in terms of all of these top teams that we've just mm-hmm. talked about I mean we talked about Washington Oregon Utah and USC all those teams play each other and they so they all have like four games where there's a possibility it can go either way. Oregon State only plays three of the teams. I mean, they play Oregon, they play Washington, and they play Utah. And Utah is pretty early in the season, and then they have like five weeks to kind of work on things that they that they saw as weaknesses and stuff against Utah. I think the fact that they get Utah at home is great. I mean, the fact they get Washington at home is great. Right now, they're only projected to lose, obviously, preseason, but they're only three-point underdogs in both those games, which I think is really good odds for them, seeing as though that they haven't even stepped on the field yet. Uh, I do think that they lose to Oregon at the end of the season, but if they're able to go uh, two and and one against those three teams, that's a great improvement from last year for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For my most improved team, I'm going with Arizona State. Um, Kenny Dillingham goes from being Oregon offices coordinator. He's going to be their new head coach. Um, I Drew Pine is also transferring in from Notre Dame. We saw him once he kind of got his feet under him in, in that system last year at Notre Dame. 
they did really great things. Uh, he led them to the Outback. I think it was the Outback Bowl. Um, they beat South Carolina in their bowl game. Um, so very solid, you know, pieces coming into Arizona State. Uh, we also saw Arizona State upset Washington last year. Washington was number 21 at the time, and that was, you know, their, their big marquee win of the season. They were able to hang their hat on. Um, but this is a team that went 3-9 last year. Uh, I think they could absolutely be fighting for bowl eligibility. Like I said, I, I, as an Oregon fan, I have that game circled week 11, you know, middle of November game. Oregon always struggles. That's going to be the week before the Oregon State game. Um, so that, that can absolutely be a trap game for Oregon. Uh, and, and if they're able to pull off that upset, that, that can do huge things for not just their program going forward, but, you know, maybe that's enough to get them into bowl eligibility this season. Um, so I, I think they have a top 50 offense, you know, in that team. Um, if, if they can have a, a semi-solid defense, I think they make a bowl game, like I said. Um, do you think they beat uh, Oklahoma State? I do. I, and I said that in the Oklahoma State preview. Yeah. I, th- I think Oklahoma State's going to have a very rough start to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at Arizona State's schedule, they have Southern Utah week one. I think that's a win. Uh, Oklahoma State and Fresno State. I, I think if they come out of there 2-1, and one, they're very excited about where their season can go. Uh, they have USC. I mean, they play, they play all four tough teams. They play mm-hmm. USC, Washington, Utah, and UCLA. Or, excuse Oregon, but they also play UCLA. Um, if they can win any one of those games, mm-hmm. that's great. And then I, I think they have enough uh, leeway right. in those other games to, to get. Yeah, right. There's ball eligibility like you had stated, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, who do you have as your most regressed or most disappointing team for this season? I don't think the record is going to be much different, but I'm going with Stanford here. I think that just the overall overall morale, I mean, they're in a, a basically a non-existent conference at this point after this season. It's, I mean, they went three and nine last year. Uh, their star corner went to the NFL. He was basically their star player on the team. Um, they have a QB battle, which is not good when you're trying to rebuild a team um, to not know who is going to be the center point of your offense. Uh, the fact that their O-line needs completely replaced, basically. And they just – their defense has been probably at the top of the list in terms of Pac-12 defenses that suck, which is quite the list. But, yeah. I mean, the fact that they're they're up there – I mean, I – I mean, we, we'll talk about it if we talk about Colorado at all, but they went 3-9 and nine last year, Stanford did, and I could see them being worse than Colorado this year. It's just – it's just a rough time to be any of those four teams. I think in terms of conference part, I think Oregon state is going to really do a good job of being like, look, this doesn't matter to us right now. We're focused on this season. I think for Stanford, they're going to have a tough season. I think they're just going to kind of hang on to that fact that like, well, the conference is done. We're kind of looking forward to the future and what, like what our plans are going forward there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, I, I, I'm going to look at this as a disappointing side because I, I don't think any team is taking a big step in regression. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, any of the top teams in the conference last year are going to be middle of the pack or, or, or you know, at the bottom. Um, but I think Washington is kind of setting itself up for a disappointing season, more so just for the expectations they're placing on themselves with how much they have returning. Um, they had six one-score games last year, and they, they have a very difficult schedule. We talked about the schedule a little bit ago. Um, I mean, if you have – say one or two of those six score games flip uh, from being, you know, wins to losses, you, you can absolutely be looking at a very disappointing season. Uh, I mean, their offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch with Penix. Uh, they have a great wide receiving core, um, but 
we saw Penix at Indiana. He had that great 2020 season. And, and again, a, a lot of people like to put asterisks on stuff of that 2020 year because it was COVID. Still, he, he looked great. And uh, Indiana looked like it had turned the corner. 2021, they looked horrible. He transfers out of there. He goes to Washington, kind of brings that resurgence back. Um, I, I think Washington is putting all their chips in their basket. I, I've talked before about the recruiting. Looking ahead, I mean, they have not signed a strong recruiting class. Um, I really feel like they're they're putting it all in on this season of, of going all in or, or they're going to fall apart. Um, and I, I think when you put expectations like that on your team, again, I'm not saying that they're they're going to be six and six or anything like that. I still think they're looking at a, a 10 and two, a nine and three season. Um, I, I'm just, I think they're, they're putting too much pressure on themselves is, is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's, that's would be my main concern. Um, so who do you have uh, winning the conference this year, Slade? I'm going long shot. Uh, I'm saying that DJ is able to fix his problems and Oregon State wins this. I think based on their schedule, I think that they're able to squeak out a close one against Utah in week five. Um, I think that they'll start out 18th, Utah's 14th. I think that that win will move them up to somewhere around 11 or 12, which still keeps them out of the top 10 and kind of out of the like the main media news and stuff like that. It allows them to kind of, you know, grind out the next five games against kind of lower level teams, in my opinion. And then I think that they're able to go in and, and outshoot Penix and beat uh, Washington at home. I do think they lose to Oregon to end the season, but I think the one loss puts them in the Pac-12. And uh, I think that they're, they're able to kind of sneak this out when you've got these top four teams and they just kind of, eat each other up and Oregon state sitting there at the end, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oregon state is, and we just said the, the, these four and five teams, it's going to be fun watching them battle out. And that, that's what unfortunately at the end of the day is going to keep a team out of the, the Pac-12 playoff is, uh, I mean, it's what they go through every year is they just eat each other. Um, you know, nobody's able to, to fully survive this. Uh, I'm going with Utah though. Uh, I'm tired of picking against Utah and then they, they come out of nowhere. Uh, you know, last year Oregon, you know, got a got a little revenge, beat them finally in a very close game, um, and then you know they went out and they fell apart against Oregon State. Utah, you know, I don't want to say luck's their way, you know, they 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 had to get themselves in position, but um, they beat USC twice head up. Um, you know, one of them is on a two point conversion, and then you look at that Pac-12 title game, they just steamrolled them in the second half. Uh, I don't think. Um, USC scored in the second half at all, or maybe it was like a garbage time touchdown, but uh, Utah controlled that game. Um, Kyle or, yeah, Kyle Whittingham is a fantastic head coach, and he has that program built up. And, and uh, you have Rising uh, and Brant Kuthi. Uh, he's returning from injury. He was going to be their star tight end before he went down. I think it was the second game last year. Um, and so this is, this is a team poised to do more of the same, and they're set up for the long run to do this, even when they go to the Big 12. Uh, they are set up to, to bring in great recruits to build around uh, and year in, year out, turn over a, a great program. Um, they Their defense was the standout of the Pac-12. They were ranked in, inside the top 30 in everything but passing, um, and I'm expecting more of the same this year. So and just a necessity that I need to stop doubting Utah and what they can do, I'm going to take Utah as, as the Pac-12 winner for the 2023 season. Um, that'll do it for our show this week. Uh Quick one. Didn't, didn't have to go into to quite all the details we did last week with the conference. Be a lot online. quicker next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four, four, four power conferences. Yeah. Um, 
but thank you guys as always so much for checking us out that uh the big 12 uh preview and we talked about all the realignment last week was our most watched episode so far on youtube so we thank you guys so much for that continue to support us uh hopefully you guys love this update as well and again next week we're going to do the sec and get you ready for week zero uh so college football is is, is here and we're excited to talk about it so next week's going to be a fun episode make sure you guys come back for all that we'll see you next week